Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Can we please go see a house now? No. (sighs) (laughs) If you're browsing online, don't ever click here to schedule an appointment. (laughs) No. Yeah. And you as a buyer, maybe don't want to deal with that. You just say, I already have an agent. Yeah. It's Katie. Yeah. Oh, great. Wonderful. wonderful. (laughs) I don't like you. I don't want you to buy my house. Don't make your very good agent go and buy $15,000 worth of online leads. (laughs) Tell your friends. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. (laughs) How are you doing today? Good. It's episode 181. Okay. Um, How do you buy a house? And this is going to be... A really fun episode. No. Because we're not necessarily talking to the realtors out there. So I did think what we should start with is our normal audience is realtors. Mm-hmm. Our hopes and dreams for this episode are that they will demystify some of the home buying process for consumers. Yeah. Okay. And maybe help answer some common myths and give them the process. And so we're hoping our real estate agent listeners are going to then share the podcast episode with their buyers, right? So if you're a buyer. Right. And you are listening to this episode, Mm -hmm. you have a very wise realtor. Yeah, already. Because they're already ahead of the game. Step one. Giving you some resources to make sure you understand. What is going on? What are we going to do? How does this even happen? Right. So do you want to give just a really super quick bio on yourself for a consumer who maybe has never listened to the show? Like, who are you and why should they listen to what you have to say about buying a home? Sure. (laughs) I know I didn't prepare you for this at all. My name is Alyssa Jenkins. I am in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana market. Okay. And I have been in real estate since 2011. Okay. And definitely this year, 2022, mm-hmm. is my first year that I had more sellers than buyers. Ah, so you've so been years, buyer. Yes. You've, very buyer heavy for 10 years. Basically, you've sold to buyers hundreds of homes. Hundreds of homes. Hundreds of homes. Yes. Okay. My name is Katie Caldwell. <laughs> I have been in real estate in Baton Rouge, Louisiana since 2005. Wow. Also have sold hundreds of homes to buyers. Great. I feel like we have a solid footing to stand on here. Yeah. So, um, and I've seen all the markets. Mm-hmm. I've seen the crazy bust, you know, in 2007-89. I've seen the crazy highs. I've seen level markets. There, It's always either a buyer or a seller's market. And I don't know that we'll even get into that, but I've seen them all. Right. So we have a good basis of our knowledge. Sure. But the process doesn't change. That's what I was just about to say. It doesn't really matter what market you're in. What you have to do as a buyer 
and as a buyer's agent stays the same. Right. Okay. Now, if you're tuning in and you're a buyer who's also having to sell a home, Mm. the only previous episode we've ever recorded in the same vein where we're talking to the customer, consumer, is episode 65, How to Buy and Sell at the Same Time. That's a super helpful episode. It's very nuanced. So even if you, obviously, if you already own a home, you bought it, so you've done this before. I still think, let's listen to this one, where we're at, reminders Mm -hmm. on how to buy, and then go back and hit that episode 65, how to buy and sell at the same time, because there's so much nuance to that situation. Yes. It's a little bit more um, complicated. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then coming soon, we'll do a how to sell. Great. So all our bases will be covered. That'll be perfect. Just a delight. Okay, where do you want to start? I feel like the times that buyers first reach out, they're very excited to quickly start looking at homes. Right. That's the fun part. Yeah. Sometimes it starts off with them sending me links to houses or okay. – You know, I didn't even know they were looking and they have this list already. Right. Because we know consumers, (laughs) you're already on a website. Yeah. it's And that's good. That's fine. It's perfect. It's good to start browsing online and learning what you can get in your price point. Yes. But until you actually know your price point, we cannot really do anything. So what do you call that when you meet with your new buyer and you go to their budget meeting? The budget The budget meeting. So you need to know your budget. Budget is truly step one before you get too deep into the process. For sure. I had a buyer recently that was sending me homes between like 275 and 325. Okay. And I thought, and she had not been pre-approved yet, but she was like, hey, Alyssa, I think I want to get started. These are some houses that caught my eye. Mm -hmm. Can we go see them? Yeah. I said, well, first we have to really have a budget meeting. And the reason this is important, if you really think about it as the public, We are opening the doors to people's houses. Yes. Where they live. Yes. And we have the key. Right. And the alarm codes. To their private space. To their private space. Right. As realtors. That they invested a lot of money in. Yes. And all of their belongings are there. And as realtors, as professionals, it's our job to make sure that every person that enters somebody else's home has been vetted. Right. That's why this is important. We don't try to get you to the budget meeting. It's not a trick. It's not a trick. It's not a trick. It's not to pressure you. And the first lender that you talk to, if you don't jive with them, that the budget meeting and getting pre-approved does not commit you to anything. No. But we have to at least vet everybody so that we as buyer's agents can tell the sellers, hey, this person who I am bringing into your home has been vetted. Right. So as a profession, it's just important mm-hmm. that we do our due diligence. Yeah. So back to my the girl who was sending me 275 to 325. Mm-hmm. When we went to the pre-approval, um, she had good income, but she had some student loans mm-hmm. that were more than she was really thinking would affect her. And her max budget was 220. So it wasn't anywhere where she was looking. No. And yeah. she was surprised and disappointed. And Obviously. we kind of had to regroup, yeah. you know, and we still were able to find something. But it was just, she was surprised. Yeah. Good thing we didn't jump into 
opening doors and looking. Right. Because you can't just go to a mortgage calculator online and see what the payment is and be like, I like this. There's so much more to the process of being pre-approved. They have to look at your income and your debt and your credit, all of these things. What type of job do you have? How do you get paid? Yeah. Are you self-employed? Has it only been for six months? Well, that's going to be a problem. Right. There's different things to figure out. So the very first thing, when I get a new buyer lead or someone asking me about buying, I give them my steps, right? And the very first step on the list is call your realtor. Obviously, at that point, they've already talked to me. But if this list were to get out to the random public, sure. step one, call your realtor. This is also not a trick. I'm not trying <laughs> to just catch all the buyers. But it is important that your realtor can help you find the right lender. Yes. And you can't just go to XYZ Mortgage Online or your big national bank and get the same information and service that you would from a local lender that your realtor, who you trust, has referred you to. Correct. Or a group of, I have more than one lender on my list. Mm -hmm. I'm not forcing all of my buyers to go to one, but they need to know there is a difference. Yes. That's what the public is not aware of. So the times that I have had, it's usually either older adults who think, you go to the bank. That's where my money is. That's where, yeah, I need to get money. So I'm going to the bank yeah. for a home loan. Or it's like a younger buyer mm-hmm. whose parents said, go to the bank. Yeah. And <laughs> go to the bank. Usually, what I do at that point, especially if someone comes to me already pre approved. Yeah. And I know, and I know who the lender is, or maybe I don't know who the lender is. Right. The first thing I always do is say, look, we need to get what's called a fees worksheet. Okay. What the public doesn't always realize is that it's not always just about the interest rate. Right. What one lender can offer you, any lender can offer you. Right. The government dictates what the interest rate is. Right. And then different lenders have different buyer credits Mm -hmm. or ways that they can adjust the interest rate. Right. So there's two things as a buyer when you are trying to figure out budget that you need to look at with your lender. Not only the interest rate, that's number one, Mm -hmm. but number two is the closing cost. Right. So when you buy a house, you have to have two sums of money. Right. Your down payment. Yep. Unless you're doing like a 0% down payment program. Okay. And then your closing cost. Right. And closing costs are a substantial amount of money. Right. Do you have like a standard, like a do you say, okay, plan for 3% or plan yeah, for 2%? Two, like, yeah, 25 to 3% okay. just to be safe. Right. But the lender can tell you almost to the penny. Right. Even from the beginning. Regard right. Like, you know, oh, you buy a house for three twenty five. This is what your closing costs are going to be. I can remember when my friend's dad came to me with a pre-approval letter from his bank. Okay. And I was very intimidated to question him because, right. you know, he used to feed me macaroni. Right. You're and like, so mm-hmm. now I'm trying to help him buy a house right. all these years <laughs> later. But I really did know that mm-hmm. he needed to shop it. So I asked him for to, to get his lender to send him a copy of the fees worksheet. Okay. I said, look, you may not understand how to read it, but I do. Right. And I'll just shop it for you. Okay. At which point you can take the fees worksheet and send it to your local lender yeah. of choice or two of them and say, hey, I have a buyer pre-approved. And you know what I love about my local lender? 
I have had situations where she said, hey, I just want to let you know this is a really like, good deal. Like, I can't deal. do better than this. This is a good deal. Yeah. He must have a very special relationship at this bank or doing some type of right. private financing that I can't match. Okay. So make sure that you're sending it to someone that will give you an honest opinion. Yeah. They're, they're not just going to mm-hmm. make up numbers to get a contract. Right. And all of this, keep in mind, I am doing as the realtor. Yeah. I'm helping you shop. I'm helping you figure out what the numbers is, where right. you should go, who you should talk to. Right. Um, I do advise making a decision on which lender you're going to use before you start house hunting. Right, because that process starts to get kind of fast-paced. Yes. And you need to be able to get a pre-approval letter to that specific property and price range like quickly. As a listing agent, nothing makes me more nervous than when I get an offer with a pre-approval letter from one lender, and then a few days later they say, hey, just want to let you know the buyer has decided to go with a different lender. Right. Because red flags all over. You know, it makes nobody feel safe. Right. So it's always good to decide who you're using and know your numbers before you step foot in a house. For sure. My local lender is great, and that's why I've stuck with her so strongly for the most part. She requires the documents to do a pre-approval. You have to have the documents. So, look, you can go on to whatever, Rocket Mortgage Online or something of that effect, and put in general information, and it'll bloop, shoot you out a pre-approval. Right. Well, that's not – like, you have to get all the questions answered. And even that, you know, big – online company is going to actually get to the nitty gritty of all your details at some point, but they're just, you know, the baseline quick online application is not enough. And in case you're wondering why this is such a big deal on our end as well, it kind of goes back to making sure everybody is vetted. Mm -hmm. On a pre-approval letter, on a good solid pre-approval letter, it will say all documents and assets and debts have been reviewed mm-hmm. or have not. Mm-hmm. As a listing agent, if I get a pre-approval letter that does not say credit has been checked and documents have been reviewed, mm-hmm. I advise my seller that we need to get some more information yeah. before we proceed with accepting or countering anything. Yeah. So as a buyer, if you love a house – you need to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row right. and everything is done so that the lender can issue a solid pre-approval letter with your offer because it's only going to help your buying power. Right. When is it too early to get pre-approved for your mortgage? Depending on what your situation is, mm-hmm. I don't think the conversation with a lender could necessarily be too soon. My answer to this question was never. Yeah, never too soon. never too early. Let's just say you want to move in a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, most people maybe are not – sometimes they're that far out. Yeah. You – unless you're like really um, aggressively following your credit, there may be things on there you just don't know about. Mm -hmm. There may be situations with things like a student loan Mm -hmm. or a medical collection Mm -hmm. or something that maybe your lender is going to say, don't pay this or do pay this. Or, hey, if you get your credit cards down to a 30% balance, your credit score is going to shoot up 50 points. They know the tricks. And to they, getting the credit score at the highest peak possible. They can tell you exactly what to do and what to pay to get a rescore at a different number. So the the higher the credit score, the better interest rate they can give you. Yeah. Or the it's going to also depend on your loan program. Here's the other thing. Don't just check your credit score and say, oh, no, it's X. That means I can't buy. 
That's not true. No. You need the lender to tell you, okay, well, this loan program goes down to this credit score. This loan program goes down to this credit score. If if you get up, up to this number, then your interest rate is going to go down. It All of those things come into play. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think there's ever a too early. I think they're going to give you, especially if you're, you're, you're a year out and there are some small things you can do or mm-hmm. things that take time to impact your credit, do that now. I had a buyer recently that told me she was graduating from nursing school in okay. six months. Mm-hmm. And she said, I know it's too early, is right. what she said. She yeah. said, but I know that I'll want my monthly note to be around 1500 a month. Okay. So I just shot my lender an email saying, hey, if someone had 5% to put down and wanted their monthly note, what if they wanted to just start browsing like what's our online? Ballpark? And she just sent me a range, yeah. you know, like, hey, stay looking around here based on what you've told yeah. me. And I told her, look, just this is where you, because you don't want to be looking at 300 if you're 200. No, no. So she just wanted to start browsing. And then as she gets closer to graduation and is ready to start house hunting, we will check credit, get documents. Get the exact, yeah, for sure, window. The other thing I would advise you as you look online, and like like your other buyer who picked their own price range. Yeah. <laughs> once you know your budget, once you have been given a pre-approval amount, don't be tempted to start looking at 10,000 more, 25,000 more. I don't care what price range my buyer is approved for. They always wish they could just be $50,000 higher. I know. They could be 800,000. Like, oh, if and I could wish- only spend 850. Yeah. They could be they could be literally $100,000. Well, if I could only get 150, they could be 300. If I could only get to 350, never. Never. It's never, never enough to be per- there's nothing perfect out there. And nothing and that that's not going to help you when you go to actually look at homes, you're like, well, I know, unless you're going to wait and save more money. So whenever you get pre-approved, there are many situations where they will actually lend you a lot more than you feel comfortable right, with. with your monthly payment. I had a buyer come to me recently and say, hey, I'm pre-approved for 400000 with so-and-so bank. And I thought, okay, did you feel comfortable with that monthly note? Oh, well, I didn't even ask what it I was. I don't even know what the monthly note is. I said, well, that's important. Right. You know? So he went back to the lender and was like, oh, my gosh. He was like, no way. No way would I ever feel comfortable at a 400 monthly <gasps> note. That's a great He tip. said, I love to travel. Right. I don't want to I, spend I just all my don't money want, on my mortgage. Yeah. I said, well, when he ran numbers for you, he said, well, then I said, what do I need to make my monthly note this? Uh-huh. He said, well, then you really don't want to go over 310. Okay. So we know, he said, but honestly, 275 would be my comfortable spot. If it was the best house that I just loved, I could do 310. Okay. So when you are looking at those monthly note numbers, you need to ask the lender to push it to your point of comfort and say, stop. Yeah, this This is it. This is our stopping point. We are not looking over. Right. This is it. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I think your pre-approval is going to tell you is what does your down payment need to be? Mm-hmm. It's not 20%. No. But that is a common misconception in the in the public is that you have to have 20% down. So let's do a very quick, we're not trying to make this whole episode about loans, but this is the most important part of the yeah, process. Yeah, this is what you have to do before you can do anything else. Yeah, unless you're paying cash, which... Kudos to you. Then you can skip this part of the show. And if you are paying cash, you have to have a proof of funds letter to make an offer. Yeah. And the money already in the bank, not (laughs) a settlement check coming soon. Yes. Okay. So here are your basic loan types. And again, I am not a lender and I'm not giving you financial advice. Mm -mm. Okay. Conventional. So this is your 
run-of-the-mill, regular loan, you could get a down payment as low as 3%, okay? Typically between 3 and 5% is the low end for conventional loan. How do you find those rates typically fall? Slightly above the FHA RD? Mm-hmm. Okay. A little higher. So then you have your governmental loans, which are FHA, 96.5% is the loan percentage. So you're putting down 3.5%. So if the house is $100,000, right. you're putting down $3,500. Right. Thank you for that math. <laughs> okay. Then your next two loans are 100%. No down payment required. Great. VA. So if you're a veteran or RD. So if you're looking in a rural area, which in our market, besides within the city limits of Baton Rouge, everything is considered rural development. So even some Baton Rouge addresses Mm -hmm. apply. So that's a question again for your lender and your agent. Like, is this an option? The local lenders will know what your city has to offer because each it's different depending on where you are. So here's the other thing. You do not need the same credit score for each of these loans. They are different. Yeah, they're all different. They're different. So the down payments are different. The credit scores are different. The um, like income limits are different. The debt to income, which is basically saying how much money do you make versus how much debt do you have? They're all different. Okay. Is that good enough? Yeah. I don't want to get deep into the weeds on that. But again, you're choosing a realtor who can help you find a lender that will answer all these questions for you. And ultimately, your lender should be so good that they say, here's the four types of loans that work for you. Mm -hmm. Here's Here's the difference. There should be options. You should never go to a lender that's just automatically like, oh, you're this. Here's your number. That's all there is. Like, what does that mean? That's not true. Because even if you're only eligible for FHA at X amount of down payment, they could also say, well, if you want to save another $5,000, you're eligible for conventional. Yeah. It is a difference. And that's why where I think it not being too soon is important. Yeah. Because they can tell you, you, if you save this amount of money, mm-hmm. then your monthly note will go down to this. Or you can just really set some savings goals yeah. and know what to pay off or not to pay off. Okay. And so it's just about goal setting to make sure you're ready. I agree. Okay, let's, before we get back into the actual steps of the process. Okay. So we've gotten our pre-approval. So we're pre-approved now? Yeah, we are almost, we're going to back up one step. You selected a realtor. Yeah. Alyssa, (laughs) how should you select your realtor to be your representative? What is the most important thing to consider? What is something you should consider when you select your realtor? If I was looking for a realtor myself, it would be based off of, reviews or a referral. Okay. Like I need someone to say this person helped me and it went well. And it went well. Mm-hmm. And also making sure that they were full time. Yes. I do not want somebody that has another job. Right. Um it would be very those would be my important things. That's how I would find someone. Okay. What about you? I made a note that the most important thing I would want to consider is someone who had local market-based knowledge. So it doesn't matter if your realtor has been a realtor for six months or six years, if they are well-versed in your market, Mm -hmm. if they have a good broker and a good support system. So let's just say your sister just got her license and you really want to throw her a bone and like give her your business, but you're a little nervous at the same time. All you need to verify is that they have a good broker and someone they can go to when they have questions Mm -hmm. because no one starts off knowing all the answers. Sure. But Are they taking classes? Do they know about the local market? Do they help a more experienced agent do showings? Like, how are they, like, 
how how's the much, work ethic? How much knowledge do they have about the market would be as a consumer what I would want to know. Because yeah. as a consumer, I don't know the right amount to offer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what areas, you know, have multiple offers frequently. Like I don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. So I think market-based knowledge is key um, and that they have like a good kind of support system if they are newer. Yeah. So you don't just write them off. No. But I think ideally you want to make sure they've got the right, you know, mm-hmm. team in place. Yeah. Okay. We can move on now. We've 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 hired a realtor and we've gotten pre-approved. Wonderful. Congratulations. Can we please go see a house now? No. (sighs) (laughs) First, we're going to talk about the rules. Okay. Are you ready for the rules? Fine. Okay. You go. You tell us some of the rules. I'll give you all of them. Yes. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. (laughs) And after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have (laughs) copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I've never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. (laughs) To get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. We wrote them and you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's just there. It's It's already in there. It's just already in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll send you an email and we'll say, updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an S 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful okay enjoy so the biggest thing is anytime you see a house no matter where you see it if you see it online if you see a sign in the yard if you see it on the next door Facebook group right. whatever <laughs> it is your HOA group you call your realtor that you have selected. Always. You I've had you see I love giving my clients these rules. This is in our congrats on being pre-approved buyer rules email template. Right. Since using this template, it has been so helpful. Yeah. I've I have one particular buyer, really a rule follower. She is always screenshotting me conversations from her like HOA group about houses Uh and things like that because she wants to stay in her neighborhood. Okay. But I love that she is sending me the information. So then as the professional, I can reach out and start the negotiations and gather information. Right. What I have found is that if buyers reach out directly to the agent they don't know that or the seller or the builder or the builder they will tell you things that may not always necessarily be the most accurate like oh well you could save money mm-hmm. if you don't have an agent or you know if you have an agent it's this price those things are not necessarily true true right and it's important and you've also lost your negotiating power right they're already telling you 
how this is going to go, right? Whereas if I call to say, hey, Mr. Seller, I have a pre-approved buyer Mm -hmm. who meets the criteria for your home. Can I show your home? Right. It's a whole different ballgame. Totally different. They know they're dealing with someone who knows what's going on. And is a professional. Yes. Right. So that is why it is so important. If you're browsing online, don't ever click here to schedule an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Because if you've done this... Uh, we're going to call it the right way. You already have an agent. Yeah. You don't need to click the button. And please never feel bad about calling, texting, emailing your agent to say, I found a house online. Yeah, that's okay. Sometimes I, you'll be like, oh, I know you were on vacation or nope. I didn't want to bother you. No, that's actually the part of our job that we're supposed to be. Tell us. Yeah. What are the houses you like? Tell me. We want to and know. And if we're out of town, we have help. Yeah. That can, we can get you in the house. And we cannot help you if you click the button on on the our friend Zillow and they send you. An, that's not the listing agent, number one. Right. So please don't be confused. Those agents paid to be featured on that page and they are in no way affiliated with the house that you're clicking the button on. So re- as realtors, we get clients a few different ways. Katie and I prefer repeat and referral business. Yes. And we would like our reputation to speak for itself and to bring us business based Correct. on how we conduct ourselves. Mm-hmm. Other realtors, it's it's incredible. Realtors can spend anywhere from 500 to $15,000 a month. A month. And they write that checkout to Zillow or whatever website they're using. Right. So that when a buyer who does not know any better says, I like this house. I see this button that says click here for a showing. Right. I'm going to click here. You get that realtor that has paid a bunch of money for clients. Yeah. Do with that what you will. It's right. not the business that I would want. It's not the realtor I would it's want. Not, that's what I mean. It's not the realtor that I would want. As a consumer, I I would prefer someone I chose based on a review. Yeah. Or based on a referral mm-hmm. or based on something someone else. Someone so good, they're not having to spend thousands and thousands to get right. new clients. Look, ultimately, those most of those agents are very good at what we're going to call turning an online lead. Okay. Yes. So they have scripts. They have, I mean, they're going to drop. They're going to drop everything and run and do the showing, whether you're pre-approved or not. I mean, it's just a different animal. And they will pressure you as a buyer. I lost a buyer this year. I did not know she was looking. She was a good friend of mine. And she was just kind of browsing online. Yeah. Never – she had a home. Never really sure what she was going to do. Mm -hmm. And she called me and she said, you are going to be upset with me. (laughs) I said, just tell me. Tell me what happened. And she said, I was looking at this cute little house down the street from me. And I clicked on the button that said, would you like to see this home? And I I thought, yeah, I do. I do. And, you know, she said, of course I was going to call you when I was ready to buy. Well, when I got there, he told me that because he showed me the house, that I had to use him for this house. Which is not true. Right. Not true. Which is not true. So not true. Um, so, you know, not to bring you into like realtor drama world, <laughs> but I just think it's important that the consumer understands how we work. Right. There is something called due diligence mm-hmm. and um what's the chain of Oh, what is it's that the word? procuring cause. Procuring cause. Okay. Okay. So we have what's called procuring cause. In Louisiana. In Louisiana, where you have to have a paper trail to show why they were your clients. Right. 
And if another agent shows you a house, it would be very hard for me to interfere and sell that house to you. Right. It could be possible, but it just really muddies the waters. Look, and to be fair, your friend then said they felt awkward in telling this person. They were like, well, they did show me the house. And I feel bad now saying I don't want to work with you. So they just proceeded with a major life decision and purchase with a person who was basically a stranger to them. And the sad thing is they were asking me questions that made me so sad. Like throughout the buying process, now here's the twist a little bit. I am listing their current house. Right. She was like, we're not using this person that's not to our, sell. Yeah, it's not who we wanted our agent to be. Right. That's not who I wanted. Right. So you're going to sell. I'm just going to stick with him to buy. I'm very sorry. It's just where I'm at. I said, that's okay. Right. Things happen. But the questions that she was asking me throughout her buying process made me so sad. That agent should have been answering the questions. Yes. Right. And they were things that should have been told up front. Listen, if you hire an agent... And you have to keep asking another agent the questions. <laughs> maybe you need to hire a the different agent. agent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, unless you have signed a buyer agreement, like a representation agreement with one agent, which I still believe can be canceled. Yeah. Unless you've signed some type of agreement like that, you're free to say, I no longer want to work with you and move on to a different agent. Sure. It, that is acceptable and allowed. And the whole reason we are covering this is because in the world of online and look there are a lot of realtors out there's so many realtors they are going to fight for your business and there's so many ads yes and you may even accidentally click on something you may accidentally end up at standing in front of a realtor you had no idea they were going to show up there right so that's okay that's not your fault that's not there's nothing wrong with that we just you need to be aware of how it works yeah we want to arm you with the knowledge so that you do have you have a say yeah pick your agent you make that choice don't let it be made for you and here's the other common misconception of the public is that if you contact the listing agent of a property you will save money on the purchase not true that is not correct in louisiana we are allowed to do dual agency which means that if someone called me on my listing and wanted to buy it and they were an unrepresented buyer i could represent both sides and make both sides of the commission sure so the whole commission would go to me instead of half to a buyer's agent so there's no reason not to bring your own representation Mm -hmm. look Somewhere down the line, there may come a time where you have to make a choice if you're going to pay your own buyer's agent. I still think that is a valuable service that you should be paying for as a buyer. Absolutely. Whether or not it's built into the commission of the listing or you need your own agent. You're making the largest investment of your life. Mm -hmm. Likely. Mm -hmm. You need someone who wants to protect your interest and isn't just looking to make another, you know, Half the transaction payment. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that rule covered if you see signs or a house online, never click or call those numbers. Always send the house of interest to your realtor. Yes. This goes for for sale by owners. This also goes for if you're looking to build in a new subdivision. Don't go to the model home alone. Right. Always go with your agent. Right. Um, I tell my buyers, feel free to go to open houses. Yeah. I think it's great. If you have a Sunday, you want to go look, go look. The first thing you need to say when you walk through the door is, Alyssa Jenkins is my agent. Right. So you need to say, Sally Sue is my agent. That's right. Whoever you're – and then I will tell you as a buyer, 
that agent will no longer be so aggressive with you. Right. They know you have someone. Right. They know you that you're taking care of. But if you say, oh, I don't really have an agent, they're going to try. They're there not mm-hmm. only to have the house open, but to try to get new buyers for their business. Right. I did this for my whole That's the largest purpose years. of yeah. an open. An open house is a method for agents to find new clients. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. may it also sell the house, correct. But the number one reason an agent is in an open house is to get new buyer clients. In front, yes, get their face in front of the public. Yeah, and you as a buyer, maybe don't want to deal with that. You just say, I already have an agent. Yeah. It's Katie. Yeah. Oh, great. Wonderful. Oh, so wonderful. <laughs> okay. But- and I even tell them too, look, I know a lot of the realtors in Baton Rouge because I sell homes yeah. with them. These, We're making it sound like this is all like a – aggressive game and it can be right but there are many times where i've had an, another agent call me and say "Alyssa, your buyers they came through my open house oh, yeah. you know like it's exciting we like to help each other and right like it, it's a it's fine i even tell my buyers tell the agent at the open house that i'm your agent because they may know me yeah so it's I'm fine not, right neither one of us is fighting anyone for a client no we're not out there being cutthroat and no, wild and no, like, no. no, but we're telling you as the public what your rights are. Sure. As a consumer, mm-hmm. you want someone who's working for you. The end. Once you find a house, um, a lot of showings do require 24-hour notice. Yeah. If people have kids or pets or need to yeah. get the house ready. So it is, it just depends on the listing. Right. So we will have to just see what Your agent kind, can find that out. Right. Your agent will find out when you can go see the house. Right. And your agent can tell you like, what's the status of your market? Is mm-hmm. it kind of- seller's market, like got to get there quick. Is it a little bit quieter right now? Maybe you don't have to rush out right away. Has this know. house been on the market 150 right. days? How how long has it been Is there? Is it a brand new listing that's hot? Like you can tell it's going to go fast. Your agent can usually tell. Yeah. And before we go to a house, I like to pull the property disclosure. Yeah. And, you know, Look, and I guess I'm level, getting out of rules. Right. And in a level market, I often would tell my buyers, do a drive-by. Do you even like the area? Mm-hmm. If you don't know it, Take, take a drive through. Mm-hmm. Is it worth going inside of the house? Because mm-hmm. it is basically asking someone to pack up their dog and their kid and their house and like leave so that you can spend an hour in their home, which is totally fine. They're trying to sell their house. But if you're not going to be serious about that location, mm-hmm. let's not let's not cause someone to leave their home for no reason. Right. Right. And then the last thing on the buyer rules is when we are at showings in today's day and age, mm-hmm. you always have to be mindful of what you say. Surveillance cameras, right. nanny cams. I mean, seller the doorbell cam. Yeah, even if you love it, this is my this is my favorite new game of poker. <laughs> like I gotta look like I like it because I don't want to insult you about your home, but I can't look like I love it because be I too might eager. I might need to negotiate. So you know, we gotta we gotta basically poker face through the showing. And remember, if it was your home, how would you want someone to behave? Yeah. You don't need to open someone's dresser drawers no. to look at a house. No, no, no. Like, that's not appropriate. Or comment on their personal things. Decor yeah, choices. It just is what it is. Not important. We're here for the house. The decor will be gone. Right. It's all going to be gone. Well, that's a good tip, too. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're, we'll get to showings in a second. Okay. Okay. So, good news. You've got a realtor. You've got your loan pre-approval. Now you know the rules. Guess what you get to do now? Can I please go see a house? You can go see houses. Yay! Hey! Woohoo! Let's go look at houses. So, when you drive by a house, when you see one online, when you're like, okay, this might be it. You immediately do what? Text, call, email your agent. I would like to schedule the showing. Yay. Yay. We're here. Okay. Now we're going to schedule a showing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
What do you want to say about showings? We've talked about surveillance. Obviously, behave as if you would in, have someone in your home behave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is where your good agent is worth their weight in gold because they will yes. have seen a lot of houses, hopefully, and mm-hmm. can remind you or point out things that maybe you would not think to look at. Like, mm-hmm. this is a sign of maybe a foundation problem, or this is a sign that this floor has been wet, or, you know, these are some things we might want your inspector to check if you love this home. I'm not in the house to tell you how great it is. Right. I'm just there to tell, point out the facts, just mm-hmm. the facts, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is what I've noticed as we're in this home. Or this is what I know about this neighborhood or this community, mm-hmm. right? Yes. What else? I like to check property disclosures before. before we even go because I may say, hey, I checked the property disclosure and I see that this one is in a flood zone that requires very high insurance. Okay, or- tell them what a f- – property disclosure is. So when a seller lists a home, they are required to fill out a property disclosure. Mm -hmm. It asks certain questions. We're in Louisiana. So ours asks age of roof. Mm -hmm. Anything that you know is wrong. Has the house ever flooded? Has it ever had insurance claims? So it kind of just gives you a little bit of a summary. Yeah. I like to look at them, mm-hmm. but I also don't give them too much weight because we're going to have a home inspection. For sure. And things can change. And there yeah. are truly things that the seller may not know. Right. They, that are going to come up in the home inspection. How many people go inspect their roof themselves no. before they list their Why? house? You know, you don't know. No. But it's good to know if there's something major. I mean, I have certainly not shown a house because of things that were on the property disclosure. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, this house looks great. I can't believe it's in my budget. Let's go see it. Okay. Right. Let me pull the property disclosure. Oh, Oh, wait, the foundation is cracked right now. And it the right. quote is 40 grand. Oh, so this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Yeah. So, okay, it's not the house. Right. So it's good to check things before you run and show the right, house you just to make sure. Don't want to get your hopes up about a house that maybe isn't going to meet your criteria, your budget, your whatever. Like mm-hmm. maybe you don't have money to do a foundation repair. Right. Right. Okay. I, to this point, we've spent no money. No to, money. To be clear. No money. You, this is all just, we're thinking, we've talked to a lender, we've talked to an agent, now we're going to look at some houses. We spent no money. Right? Right. Okay. Now we found the right house. Yay. Hooray. I love it. What are we going to do now? We got to call the lender. Okay. So once we have found the house, I find it very important to email the lender. I So as the agent, I usually email the lender and copy the buyer. Okay. And I say, hey, lender. I'm with Susie, and Susie loves this house located on 1234 Main Street. Right. The house is listed for $250. Okay. We think we're going to offer $245 based on comps. What is a comp? A comp is when once you have found a house, (laughs) your agent will run the recent sales, Uh kind of do like a mini appraisal. Susie's going to do a report. Yeah. And we're going to say... Based on the other ones that have sold, I think we should offer this number. We can also see, did the other sellers pay closing costs? Right. Should we ask for closing costs or is the price more important right. to you? So What's you, you and your buyer have already had this discussion just yeah. before you call the lender. Right. And then you're like, that's how you know you're going to offer $245 on the $250. Right. Okay. You're also, as the agent of the buyer, going to probably contact the listing agent. Sure. Before you submit this offer. Yes. Hey, do you have any other offers? Tell me a little about your seller. Are we under a timeline right now? Right. When do they have to be out? Do they need occupancy after the sale? What's going on? Are they good to leave the refrigerator? Right. What's happening here? Hmm. 
All of these things are important in helping you write the strongest offer so that your offer will be accepted. Yes. Because this is not a foregone conclusion. Sellers have not accepted offers for all kinds of crazy reasons. So many reasons. Sometimes that you just aggravate them because you offered too low. Yeah. Yes, for real. I said it. Mm-hmm. You can make an insulting offer. Oh, yeah. That you can never recover from. I had a client make an offer so low and ended up coming back at full price and the seller said no. They still said, I don't like you. I don't want you to buy my house. Repeat that for the buyers on our lovely episode today. I had a buyer make an offer way too low. Way too low. Against my advice. Mm -hmm. Insulted the seller so bad that even when we went back with a full price offer, the seller said no. And they're allowed to do that. They can do that. They're allowed to do that. So it does, it's a very delicate dance. You don't want to insult the seller, but you do want to pay the market value or or maybe get a deal, but you better be careful. Yeah. Because you can't just say on this $250,000 house, I will pay you two hundred. dollars Right. That's not realistic. So once I know we like the house. Right. Letting, talking with the listing agent, looking at the comps to see what's a fair market value, advising, is it underpriced? Is it overpriced? I think this is a good deal. We might have to act quickly or mm-hmm. I think we could maybe go to this number. But once we know what we want to offer... I asked the lender to send a pre-approval letter for that amount right. specifically. Yep. So even if you're pre-approved for $300, yeah. but we're making an offer of $280, yeah. that's what the letter needs to say. And some lenders will even put 123 Main Street. Yeah, they'll put the address yeah. on there. And then you can write your offer. Mm-hmm. And the lender at that time will recheck monthly notes for you, have the interest rates changed Mm -hmm. since you first got pre-approved. Right. If you're a buyer that is looking over, if you're not in a rush and you're looking over the course of several weeks or months, checking in with your lender at the beginning of each month to say, hey, I'm still looking. Can you let me know if the interest rates have changed and if these numbers are still accurate? Right. Because they're changing, y'all. All All the time, up and down. Uh, Yeah, all the time. Yeah, maybe you can afford more. Right. Who knows? We don't know. So it's good to check in pretty regularly. All right. And then once we have the pre-approval letter, we can make the offer. Okay. And obviously then your very smart agent will help you make the right offer. Correct. Take their advice. Yes. Trust them. You hired them. Look, here's the deal. I don't care if you buy a house for 200, 250, or 300 or uh, whatever. I'm still going to give you the appropriate market value advice. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't change my paycheck that much if you offer 245 or 250. Right. It's it's really not a lot. So I'm never going to pressure my buyer to pay more so I make more. I think sometimes consumers are concerned. Yeah. Oh, you think I've I need never to pay felt that way. I have never in all 17 years thought, "Ooh, if I could just get you to pay 5,000 more." It's not that big of a difference. I know. I had a we had a bidding war situation on one of my listings and the seller was like, "Well, I bet you're excited." Never thought about it. Never thought about it. No. It's not that No, it's not that big a of a good difference. Agent, <laughs> a good agent is not Obviously, you have to get paid. We're doing a job. Right. But a good agent is not so concerned about the exact amount they're getting paid right. on on that particular house. Correct. Like, it's just not yeah. how this works. I'm offering the same service to people who buy in $150,000 price range and $500,000. Like, it's all the same. But the checks are different. Yeah. But a good agent is doing a good job all the time. Correct. Right? Okay. Um, while we're on agents and your now major offer, before we tell you if it's accepted or not. Okay. Let's talk about this. 
because let's just say you didn't write it yet. Your realtor does not get paid a salary. No. By their broker. No, nothing. They so make let's nothing. just say you 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 employed a realtor and you asked them 1,000 questions and you went on 100 showings. And then it's time to write an offer and you said, oh, I forgot my Aunt Susie is a realtor and she's going to write it for me. And you're like, no big deal. You're still getting paid. That is not true. Not true. Your agent who spent that time helping you, answering your questions, taking you on showings, hoping one day you bought a house so they would get paid, did not make a cent. Nothing. We only get paid if we make it to the closing table and you are handed the keys. Right. If you don't buy a house, I don't get paid. Never get paid. Not getting paid. We have a whole episode on (laughs) – two episodes. Right on ways. Situations where we never got paid. Yeah. Never get paid. It happens. And look – I, I'm not a service organization. <laughs> I am a service business, okay? Right. So I have to get paid in order to continue doing this business so I can pay my bills and, and take care right. of my family and feed my children. Job. It, it is, is a, a job. job. This is a job. Yes. This is not, it, So just keep in mind, you're, you may not have even realized that. Your realtor is not getting any so, money. No. At all Mm-mm. until you get a house. They don't know. They don't know. That's why and we're that's, doing this episode That's for okay. You. It's a, I don't expect you to know, but I'm just helping you. Be in the know. Sure. Okay. Now, you made your offer. Did it get accepted? You tell me. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah, let's just say it got accepted. No, you could have got a counter offer. Yeah. They may counter. You may go back and forth. Yeah. It's just a, it's a period of negotiation. The All biggest of this thing should is be in meeting. writing. Everything is in writing. Verbal is only, I mean, it, you can't stand on anything verbally. Not in Louisiana. Right. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't anyway. think, yeah. But- you, all this needs to be in writing, and you need to be very mindful of deadlines given and meet the deadlines that you are given. Right. So if they say we need a, a response by 3 p.m., get them a response by 3 p.m. Here's the good news. Most agents are now utilizing some kind of online signing. Yes. So you can log in from your phone or your computer or and whatever. sign whatever to you sign. need to. Yes. It shouldn't be that difficult. Right. Okay. So we've gone back and forth. The seller made a counter. We accepted the counter. Now – we're under, under contract. contract. <gasps> what is going to happen now? Here's the good news. Until this point, again, you as the buyer has spent no money. Yep. Now we're going to start spending some money. A little bit of money. Okay. So what are our normal costs to pay during this process? So typically at this time, once you are under contract or in escrow or whatever your market calls it. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> you have to put down a deposit check. Yep. That is holds the property for you right so that nobody else can buy it while you are in your inspection period your due mm-hmm. diligence time frame um it takes the house off the market that's true so that you know you it's can, yours it's yours and we can figure out what we need to do to get to the closing table yeah and here's the great news the seller cannot take another offer even if it's better and bump you no. Okay. You have the house under contract. It is a legal document. I have had many buyers say, well, can the seller like cancel if they get mad? Nope. No. They can't. No. Now, keep in mind, we are in Louisiana and every contract is different. Right. We are not going to harp on the fine print of everything. No. But deposits are pretty standard. Yep. And then we have to move forward with scheduling the home inspection. Right. 
And you got to pay for that up front. You do have to pay for that up front. So, and I honestly couldn't say what an inspection cost in every market. No, it will depend on the size of the home. Yep. What kind of foundation it sits on, the age of the home, how many ACs does it have. So based on what you're doing. Right. And and if you have any additional, like if the house has a pool, you may have to have a pool inspection. If you need to get a termite inspection, whatever you do in your market. Right. So we need a termite. Maybe you need a radon. Maybe. Like I don't. There's your agent will know all the types of inspections that are in your area. Yeah. And then you schedule them and you're going to have to pay for those up front, whether or not you find something that you say, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Here's the good news. If you find something and you say, oh, no, you can cancel. You can cancel during your inspection period. Right. You still had to pay for the inspection, but you got your deposit back and then you just move on. And it's better to spend a couple hundred dollars to have your home inspection before you spend a couple hundred thousand dollars. To buy a house. To buy a house. Right. So. Agree. Okay. And we have a whole episode Mm -hmm. on writing repair requests. Yes. And getting through the inspection process. Right. So we don't want to spend too much time. Because this is a long episode. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. We're getting there. So – just know this is just another step in the process. Right. Okay. So again, when your offer was accepted, you gave a deposit, you're then going to go to your lender, do your final loan application, any disclosures you need to do. You're going to start the process. This is when I tell my buyers, get ready because the first 10 days of being under contract, the lender needs the most. Yeah. I need deposit checks. Right. Uh, we're doing inspections. It's a lot. It's a lot. it's a lot the first 10 days. And then it kind of cools down after right, that. Because then all the rest of the process is the loan process. Right. That the lender is working. It's a lot of waiting. Right. It's a lot of waiting. Okay. Perfect. Now you've hired your inspector, however many inspections you want to do. If you need to check anything though, school district, a flood zone, um, your insurance amounts. I highly recommend getting your insurance picked out and solidified during your inspection period. But because if it comes back too high later, you no longer have an out. You can only cancel during the inspection period is not just for you to check on things with the house. Right. Do you need to drive from the house to work and see how long that takes you? Mm-hmm. You have to do all of this during the inspection period. Anything that concerns you needs to be done yeah. during your inspection time frame. Yeah. You should basically be able to say if I was possible at the end of this, let's say it's 10-day period, I could I could buy the house today. Right. I am comfortable and ready to buy the house. Right. Okay. All right. So now we've Hired our inspection inspectors. We've negotiated our repairs with the seller. You've just told them they can listen to a whole episode on that. The seller has agreed, given you money, whatever the case may be. During Once that inspection period has ended, this is when your lender is going to order your appraisal. This is not something your agent orders. It's not something you order. We don't get to pick who the appraiser is. The lender is going to use a third-party company who selects the appraiser, and the appraiser is going to go out and tell your lender what is the value, the market value of this home. Yes. And the reason we wait to order it until after inspections is because we want to make sure that you are moving forward on the house. Right. And that you feel comfortable before we proceed to paying for the appraisal. Right. So you will have to pay for inspections and you will have to pay for appraisal. Yes. And an appraisal in our market, what, 500 to $700. Okay. And an inspection probably was somewhere in that ballpark as well, maybe right. a little less. Okay. So you're about $1,000 in after this. 
Correct. Ish. Because typically the deposit check that you put down, mm-hmm. you get that back at the closing table. Right. To go towards your so down payment. It, so that's not money that you're just paying. Yeah. You, you get that back. Yeah. For right, 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 right. Okay. Now, while the appraisal is being done and right after your inspection, or maybe during the inspection period, you're going to have to choose a title company to perform your title work. Mm-hmm. Your agent will be able to refer you to a good one or your lender. They all typically have someone that they partner with and find to be good. If you know a title company, you're allowed to pick your own here. Sure. However, just because your uncle Bob is a lawyer does not mean that he is prepared to no. do a real estate closing. I have been through some very terrible closings when it was an attorney that did not do real estate transactions regularly. Right. We need them to do these as a main fun- The closing, like, thing. yes, the closing done by the title company should only take about 45 minutes. <laughs> right. If you're there any longer, two hours or longer, you picked the wrong so, title company. Something has gone terribly something wrong. Something has gone terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's too late, though. It is. <laughs> Nothing you can do about Look, it. Wh- the things we're telling you in this episode are supposed <laughs> to help you avoid the nightmares that we have been through on yeah. the other side. I, yeah. I I don't want you to learn the hard way. I want you to just follow these steps. Yeah. Okay. And we handle most of it. Right, right, right. All right. So we already did the homeowner's insurance quotes. Um, okay. Now we're getting close to closing. Yeah. Um, let's, before we get there... Um, is there anything we need to tell them that comes from when you're under contract? We've talked about your inspection period. You're going to know your cl- – okay, here's a good tip and maybe just back up in your mind to making the offer. You're going to pick a closing date when you make your original offer. Mm-hmm. If there's some reason why well, – one, if you're going to be out of town, that's not a good day. <laughs> no. <laughs> a typical closing period is between 30 and 45 days. Your lender is going to need probably at least 30, right, right. depending on the market and what's going on. Um, you pick the closing date, and then it's in writing, y'all. That's like mm-hmm. – in black and you can't just willy nilly change it later. People are scheduling movers, shutting off utilities right. based on certain dates. Right. So if you're coming from another house that you own, you can go listen to that episode about how to navigate occupancy. But mm-hmm. maybe what if your seller, the house you're buying, has asked you to let them stay three days after closing? Well, where are you going to live for those three days? Are you selling a house? Like you need to be aware. Plan ahead. Okay. But the closing date is the closing date. The only way it can change is if all of the parties agree. Right. Okay. Now, if something goes awry with your loan. Or something. Your lender is going to say, oh, I need an extra week. Something has happened. And y'all, this happens a lot, especially with the lender you're not really familiar with Mm -hmm. um, or your agent isn't familiar with. When they ask oh, I need another week. Your loan isn't ready. The seller does not have to say yes. They don't. They don't have to let you have extra time. no thanks. We're going to move on to our backup offer. That was more money. (laughs) That was more money. Right, because the only way you get to be in control of this situation is if you meet all the deadlines on that paper. Right. Okay? It's a legal binding contract. Yeah. Okay? And I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice. But I'm telling you that the seller does not have to grant you an extension. So that could be an out. I've had buyers, or especially when I was on the listing side, not my buyers, never, who were like, oh, I need to wait till next week when I get my next paycheck to have the down payment. Oh, no. 
no, no, no. Okay, so you need to think about this when you're making your original offer. This is the only. This is your only chance to mm-hmm. get this right. And then- I have had buyers ask, at what point do I need to have my cash to close my my down payment right. and my closing costs? At what point? Right. The lenders start putting you through under final underwriting. 10 days before closing. Yeah. So if you're closing January 30th, you don't have until January 30th to find the money. money. The other thing is you can't just dump a bunch of money in your account without telling your lender what's happening. Oh, your mom's giving you your down payment? Well, that's so sweet of her, but your lender has to know. Right. There's forms. You can't just have a bunch of money show up in your account. It's going to throw off your loan. Yes. Okay. So I think that's all of the things we... Okay. So now we're approaching closing. Yeah. Okay, we got through our inspection. The appraisal came back good. Great. If it didn't, we'll figure that out. If your appraisal did not come back okay, if they said the value was 210 and your offer was 220, <sighs> then it's another point of negotiation. It and just it is opens a, back up. It's another moment when the seller has the right to say no. Yep. They do not have to lower the price to a lower appraisal. You right. can ask. Um, you can sometimes fight the appraisal. Like your your agent, your good agent that you hired could do an appraisal dispute. Right. They should be able to handle that. And that's the point of having an agent. Yes. Okay. That you chose. Right. Yeah. Okay. So your appraisal is good or not, but we've gotten through it. And now it's time for you to prepare for closing. Okay. You've already got your money in the account. Great. <laughs> okay. You, right before closing, you're going to go get a cashier's check. Yes. Because you can't show up with your personal checkbook and write a $10,000 check. It has to be a cashier's check. Right. That's how it is. Um, the title company or real estate attorney or whoever is performing your closing is going to tell you I mean, I hope three days before closing, but maybe the day before, they're going to tell you what that number is, the final, final number. The title company and your lender are the ones that have the final numbers. Final number. So you're going to go get that cashier's check. You're also going to want to call and schedule your utility transfer. Yes. Okay? (laughs) I'm not going to get into this, but we have some weird ones. Like in certain parishes, so we don't even have counties, my friends, who are not in Louisiana. we We have parishes. Um, in certain parishes, you have to have already done the closing in order to bring the cash sale to the friggin' utility department to, to change the utilities. Yep. That's not the case in Baton Rouge, but it happens. So figure out who do you need to call? What is their process for opening an account? Right. To you get probably want to do up. that a week out of closing. Yes. Okay. You can say, hey, it's January 25th. I'm closing January 30th. So I need to make sure the power is on. Yeah. And, and the water. Right. And the gas. All these things. Whatever else you need. Yeah. And things like maybe you want to get internet. The the seller is not required to have internet on for your walkthrough or, you know, cable or whatever. What's a walkthrough? We're not there yet. Hold oh. on. Oh, okay. Hold, please. But my point is, like here, sometimes it takes a couple of weeks to get cable. Yeah. So you might want to make that call early. Schedule your appointment for Schedule. whatever you need set up. Security systems. Alarms. Right. Yeah, whatever you need. All start, of these things. Start you got to make those calls. Okay. Hopefully your very good agent has sent you a reminder. But even if they didn't, you need to do this. Okay. Yeah. What else are we preparing? We got our check. We got our utilities. Um, that's pretty much it, right? And oh, then you dip- need to have a current ID though. A current You need a driver's license or some sort of government ID that's got your, like, it's current, not expired. Do not let it be expired. Okay, now we can schedule our walkthrough. So before you go to your walkthrough, if there were any repairs that the seller agreed to make, 
your very good agent mm-hmm. has collected receipts mm-hmm. or documentation showing that the items that y'all agreed to have been done. Right. And then when you go do your final walkthrough, which is you, I like to do them like the day before closing. Yeah, not the day of, unless it's a really late in the afternoon close. Because you want to make sure that before you sign papers, was the house damaged when they moved out? Is there anything new that has happened to the house? Is it in the same or better condition as when you first saw it? Right. Did they take the refrigerator? Did Did they they take take the the fridge they weren't supposed to take? Right. Like this is just to make sure the repairs were done. Right, right, right. right. Everything that you agreed to mm-hmm. is how it's supposed to be there. Did they leave it the way you saw it last? And here's the thing. If you don't do a final walkthrough and you close oh, and then you God. go to the house and the refrigerator's not there, there's nothing Doesn't you matter. can do. There's nothing you can do no, at that point. No. Now, I don't know about every state, but most of our transactions in Louisiana are done with an as-is clause signed at closing, which means no matter how many repairs I asked for, no matter what the house looked like at any point, when I signed that at closing, whether I walked through or not, I'm taking the house as is. As it sits right now. So you better have checked it as close to closing as possible Mm -hmm. and made sure that you're okay saying, I'm taking this house as is. In six months... When your water heater breaks, that is not the seller's problem. No. You would have to prove that they fraudulently told you it was working on top of the fact that you had an inspection. Right. No house is going to stay perfect forever. No. The cost of home ownership is that things will break. Yes. And you will fix them. Mm -hmm. You will still own a home. Hopefully it doesn't burn down. But if that happens, you have insurance. Right. That's what all of this is for. So you really have to... um, you have to know mm-hmm. when you go to sign that paper. It's it. That's it. You're buying the house. This house is yours. This is your problem now. Right? This is your problem now. Hopefully, your very good agent has been very mindful and helped you make a sound investment. Right? And that. Right. It's not your problem now. It's your right. home it's, now. It's your home. To take care of and maintain. Okay. So we were going to close. We did our walkthrough. Now we're going to closing. What is happening at the closing? We just signed a lot of papers. We signed all the papers. So many papers confirming that your monthly note is what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Per government guidelines, mm-hmm. you're supposed to have already reviewed all this stuff within three days of closing. Yeah. So there should not be any surprises in no. what you are signing at no. the closing table. Yeah, agree. You okay. just sign away. I love it. Also, the time to, if you have any questions for the other side, Mm -hmm. gathering alarm codes. How do I use the pool? How do I use the pool? Any tips for anything? What does this light switch do? Right. Whatever your questions are, this is your time. Now, a kind seller may give you their contact info. But they're not And they're not required to. Right. And they're not required to answer your questions. And it's not their problem if there is a problem. Right. After. Right. Okay. Most of them are nice and want to help you, and they will be like, hey, call me if you don't know what the light switch does. Right. But every house has its little quirky peccadilloes, right? Mm-hmm. You just never know. You might need to ask the seller a random question. How do I get the microwave to turn on? Yeah. I don't know. Right? Okay. That's it. We're done. Yay. When did you get your keys? At the closing table. That's right. Usually That's you it. cannot move things in before. No, 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 no. You you have to get your keys and it is right. yours before you can make changes or yep. move in. Mm-hmm. I've had people ask, can we have it cleaned before closing? 
And I understand why that could be convenient, but the risk is if anything happens, right. you have just paid for somebody yeah, else's you, house to be clean. Right. You don't get to get in there and paint or no, do no, anything. No, no. But it has but to be you yours. Know, you can um orchestrate all of that for closing. Oh yeah. Just I've plan had painters it. at the house and called them and said, you can enter right now. <laughs> we, go, now go. We've signed. Start the <laughs> especially with fences. Like if you have a dog, I have had right. my fence guy on the property at yeah, 10 a.m. We okay, signed at go. 9. And I'm like, okay, you can start. It's ours because I need that fence up so I can bring my dog. Right. That's fine. Yeah. I think that's great. So get your keys and then. Right. And look, you've got 30 or 45 days to plan all of this. Right. It's not, you know, you can make all of this happen pretty seamlessly. Sure. Okay. Um, all right. So now you're going to move. Hooray. You've got the keys. You're moving in. Don't forget to change your address at the post office. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're in Louisiana and you're an owner-occupant, don't forget to sign up for your homestead exemption. That mm-hmm. is a tax benefit we have here. I don't know if other states have this, but... Your very good agent will let you know what y'all do have mm-hmm. and if you need to do anything. That's right. Now, now... And throughout the entire process, tell other people when they ask you, oh, you're moving? Wow. Where to? What's going on? Tell them about your very good agent. Yes. Who's listen, been so call my very good agent don't if you make, need to buy. Don't make your very good agent go and buy $15,000 worth of online leads. <laughs> tell your friends to use your agent. Go leave them a review. Oh, leave, please. All the places. Leave oh. us a Google review, a yes. Facebook review. Leave the review. Realtor.com. Just go. Go leave review. Copy and paste the same review everywhere. Right. And remember, during the course of the process, if you have questions, don't ask your Aunt Sue. Don't ask <laughs> your dad. I mean, sure, you could. But, I mean, you hired this agent to give you advice and use their market-based knowledge to help you. Yes. They do this every day as a job, not a service organization. Mm-hmm. It's a job. They have experience. And even if your, you know, Aunt Sue has bought a house, maybe it's been 20 years, things might be a little different. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we get um, so many people in our ear when we're making a big life decision like buying a house Mm -hmm. that we're just like so overwhelmed with all of the advice, unsolicited usually. Yeah. Lots of noise when you're trying to buy. All of the Oh, tell them what you like to say to parents. So a lot of times, (laughs) Alyssa will have her... Maybe it's a nice, youthful first-time buyer, and they pick a house after seeing all of the choices, and then their parents show up to the inspection. And they say, oh, this is the house that you're going to buy? I don't like it. And I have to remind them, you were not with us to see the other options. Right. We have been on this journey together. Together. And figuring out budget, figuring out location and price, and based off of all the homes we saw – this was the best this one. This is the one. And if you had been there with us on all the others, mm-hmm. you may also appreciate this home. Right. But you're just seeing the best one of the options. Right. So unless you're here to write a check <laughs> so that Sally can have a bigger budget. Right. That extra 50 grand. This is what Sally can afford. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this meets Sally's this goals. Is, this is what we've got. Yeah. And now we're going to have an inspection to make sure it's safe. Right. And everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
If you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> please shoot us a message. I think I'm going to, to our realtor listeners, I think I'm going to include a link to this in the email that's like congrats or, you know, pre-approval needed or oh, congrats on being pre-approved. Like, so you can learn about how, the, so how that, it goes. So that when I email my buyers, they can just listen in yeah. and understand the process. I think there's lots of good nuggets in here mm-hmm. for a buyer. I wish I would have had this when I, know. I was buying. Because sometimes you're nervous and... It is a lot of trust to put in in your agent or whoever's giving you advice, and you you don't know what to expect. Right. This is hopefully going to tell you what to expect. Yes. What to expect when you're purchasing. Great. Okay. Um, we're going to do our toast. We always love to do our toast. This one, oh gosh, has a word I can't say. Oh, a word? Hold, please. Um, Michelle Graham <laughs> Snohomish. Oh, she gave me a pronunciation key. So thank thank you, Michelle. Um, Michelle is toasting to Julie Krause. Okay. Okay. They are in Mill Creek, Washington. Wow. Okay. Here is what um, Michelle had to say. We work at different brokerages, but one of my first buyers ever and I toured one of her listings. And it set the bar for me as a new agent. Wow. When I had a listing, I definitely emulated Julie without her even knowing. Fast forward a year and a different listing. She brought the buyers and complimented me on my listing. Aww. I said I owed it all to her. Julie is incredibly helpful and supportive, encouraging, and we just finished our first to get transaction together with her amazing buyers and my amazing clients. And it was really an incredible, smooth transaction. This is amazing. I know. I hope that we work on many more in the future. And I'm just so happy I have met her. Cheers. I want to know what Julie's process was. I what know. was so impressive? Michelle, email us and tell us what was I, so great. What did Julie do to, to blow see, your guys, way? Us realtors, we're, we're friends. We are friends. It's not all. We all have to work together. We do. So we want to be friends. Mm-hmm. But we want it to go smoothly for you and right. for us. And we're here to help. It is a helping career. Yeah. And it's so fun. It is fun. Owning Very a home is, is still the American dream. Yeah. So I hope that if you're listening and you don't yet own a home, that you get to own a home. And um, just remember, your agent is a big part of that process. Happy house hunting, everyone. (gasps) Good luck to you. Good luck. (laughs) Goodbye. May the odds be ever in your favor. That's right. (laughs) It's going to be fine. It's all fine. Perfect. Okay, goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.